What a victory for the Green Bay Packers. Nothing better than watching football in an outdoor stadium, the historic Lambeau Field, as snow is coming down and some guys just toting the rock and plowing through guys. A.J. Dillon, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, the best duo now in Packers history. Say good morning to RJ. Good morning to RJ. How we living today, brother? How was your Christmas? Oh, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, nothing special? Just just celebrating a fantasy win? Yeah. Okay, I didn't look. Hey, by the way, Did I got you a win question. Uh, not officially yet. I think it's I'm, it's official. Yeah. You're lucky that pun pass I'll, cr- I'll crown him. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to crown him, crown his ass. Congratulations. But I do RJ. have a question yeah. for you, and we're going to touch on this a little bit later. Do you know how much fourth place pays out? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. So the uh, same as fifth and sixth? Yep. All right. They, I'm going to have to relay that to Heilprin. So, yes, when we have our sports director, Zach Heilprin, on in the <laughs> 8 o'clock hour, uh, Rowdy has a message for him. The fourth place pays out the same as what we and Rowdy got, Carlson and I, fifth and sixth. Yep. <laughs> and RJ, the guy who's a freaking commissioner of the league, who somehow got the first pick in the draft and now has won the league. Interesting. Obviously, the first pick was a little bit uh, better than the second pick. No, the uh, first pick only played in three games this year. Yeah, your first well, pick was who? A. a oh, McCaffrey. The, the second pick? That was me. He played in one and a quarter games. Well, so you had Christian McCaffrey, a it, very good running and in back. in those three games, he still put up 80-some-odd points. Yes, but Christian McCaffrey, a very good running back, right? Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the new running back on the block now. A.J. Dillon. Never heard of him. Is A.J. Dillon, is this exactly what Brian Gutekunst was trying to get a guy built for this kind of weather to plow through opposing defenses and to get the Packers controlling the clock and also find some pay dirt as he gets in the end zone twice? Is this exactly what Brian Gutekunst was looking for? And we uh, just doubted him early on. It, we didn't wait. Def- we needed to wait for it to snow. It's definitely the style of running back he wants. Uh, more of the Derrick Henry style of runner who's just going to not really avoid the hit and try to run you over. Um, I I don't know if after one game you can say. That's what Rowdy was kind of saying too. But let me ask you guys. 124 and two touchdowns. Better than Derrick Henry. I mean, Derrick Henry didn't do diddly poo compared to A.J. Dillon. I also think it's funny that we we say, oh, Derrick Henry didn't do anything. He still had 98 yards (laughs) and over four yards of carry. And a lot of that was in the second half, even when they were losing. I'm just glad that the Packers got up early. Didn't go over 100, though. He did not. And they took him out at the end. You think he's a little butthurt about it? I know I would be. I would be, too. They were still playing and still had the football with, like, what, four minutes left? He was not on the field taking carries. All he needed was two yards. Do you think the the Packers defense just played the long con to show, yeah, we suck at run defense? Packers defense defense looked good. I know. We suck at run defense. uh, And then all of a sudden. Well, I heard heard a lot of people saying, like, well, it was snowy. The weather's the reason why the the Titans stunk. It's like, then how come A.J. Dillon ran so good? How come Aaron Jones had 94 yards? It was because, to be completely honest here, Full disclosure, Be Mike honest. Pettin finally took his head out of his ass and started playing five-man fronts, yes! six-man fronts. Uh, things that he refused to do last season, things that he refused to do the first half of this season when everyone and their uncle, who's half asleep, drunk on the couch, could easily say, why don't they have more people in the box? Hey, yeah. Were you looking at my uncle over the holidays? Jeez. 
No, Rowdy. Rowdy's completely right, though. They mentioned it on the broadcast. They're like they're telling they're telling uh, Derrick Henry that he ain't gonna go anywhere. They're lining up five guys right here. And, and it's good weird. Luck getting through. It's weird it's like, when wow. it works, right? It's yeah. weird. What when did it you works. do? Like is Delvin Cook well, back against the and, Vikings? I mean, Tannehill's touchdown was solely based on Savage crashing too hard. Yeah. If he would have stayed on the outside, that wouldn't have broke. Well, no. They talked about how they're using more five and six man fronts and boxes, and then all of a sudden. He, they also flash the same stat that goes, yep, and they actually use, you know, six man, six men in the secondary more than any other team. About 51% of the time. Right. And the weird thing is their pass defense has gotten better as they've put more guys in the box. Weird, because you're probably <laughs> shutting down the run and you're probably getting a little more pressure on the quarterback. And honestly, weird how that makes yeah, the secondary honestly, better, right? Weird. It's also, you have the personnel in the back that can do a lot of one-on-one coverage. Well, the Packers always weren't, they were not devoid of talent. No. They had a lot of talent on the defense. It's just like Mike Patton in a scheme of philosophy, you're like, wow. to Rowdy's point, like, is your head up your ass? The D-line no, I think really was devoid of talent. Well, you had... True, but you had Kenny is. Clark right. there. It but, still is. But when you when you still when you stack that box, it makes up for the deficiency at that position. Sure. Yes. Kiki and, uh, is good. Yeah. But it's not like Kiki has played so much. This is his best season by far. Yeah. And even when you look at Dean Lowry, he's having a better season than he's had probably in the last two or three. Right. So what do you guys think? Because a lot of people were saying, and and I think us included, I was re-listening to our interview with Rob Reichel we had from Forbes.com, our Packer Insider, on uh, last Wednesday. And Robbie was saying, you know, how close that Derrick Henry was to getting to 2,000 yards. Is he going to do it against the Packers? I mean, like tongue, tongue I, in cheek. I took the over on 300. We yards all, I for think him. we all, did, didn't we all think <laughs> didn't we all think the Packers were going to have a long night with Derrick Henry rushing everywhere? Yes. What happened? Is the Packers defense? And Mike Pettin, I should say specifically, finally coming into their own. Are they getting hot at the right time? Are they finally figuring it out? Are they, is this, are they just gelling at the right time because they get the playoffs around the corner? Like, what is it? It's, Derrick Henry's no schlep. It's kind of, it, it seems that when Zadarius Smith said he went to Pettin and said, let's dumb this thing down. And, I mean, he said, make it less complicated or whatever he actually said. But you don't, he's, you don't he's like, explain it, you don't it. have to... Make it this difficult to, to call a defense. Gary had a good game, though, Rowdy. You know? He did. <laughs> so I think ever since there was that meeting, it seems things have gotten better for the defense. Yeah, totally. Um, so well, the defense also, has been really good. Also, I think you have to say that Zadarius Smith, I think, has also raised his uh, level of play as well as Preston Smith. Yep. Yeah. No Gary, Gary's also been pretty good. We've talked about that all year. Yep. And then on the on the front side, you talk about how they're starting to load that box more. They're starting to have potentially five-man fronts. And we touched about it a little bit, but you look at the back end, how they have the talent to play one-on-one on the back end. You have Jair Alexander, who's probably a top-five corner in the league right Beast, now. Yes. You have Kevin King, who, my God, is he terrible at dude, tackling? did you see him miss that t- tackle, by the way? <laughs> he, he it's like, like, what are you doing, he dude? He, like, tried to jump over it. And the guy's like, get off me, man. Yeah. Like, he might be god-awful at tackling, <laughs> and he might only be available for 50% of his career games. But when he is healthy, he's a pretty good cover guy. Yeah. And then you have Adrian Amos on the back end, who's been rated out as one of the top five safeties in the league this year. And, I don't know, Darnell Savage, who had a really good rookie year, he's all of a sudden the last six games – yeah. Looking like Darnell Savage the rookie year, Where's and maybe even building on another it. interception for Darnell Savage. What do you got? Yeah. What is he? At? Four, F- four. I think I saw four, four or five, something like that. My God, yeah, in like crushing. the last three or four games. Yeah, yeah. 
The everyone's coming into their own on the defense. Aaron Rodgers has like rejuvenated himself. Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the league. And now you have Aaron Jones who the good and AJ Dillon pounding. You were wondering if we should be cautious about uh, you know, people saying that we were hating on Brian Gutekunst too early because of the AJ Dillon draft and now look at his one game. Yeah. How about the tweet that I saw, I believe it was last night, about Darnell Savage calling him the next Nick Collins. I think we might want to pump the brakes yeah. a little bit on that too. Well, I, Interesting. I just hope he doesn't get a neck injury. I think that's what I'm, I immediately what my mind went to too. It's like, well, just please watch your neck, dude. How about let's go with Deion Sanders? That guy at least had a lengthy career. <laughs> I got what he was saying though. It's yeah, like, no, I, yeah. I still, I kind of want to pump the brakes on that. The guy had a good rookie year in about six games this year so far. All right, so handing out some game balls here, uh, Devonte, and I have comments coming up from everyone. Devonte Adams said he wanted the game ball to go to AJ Dillon. Devonte got the game ball though, uh, I guess for his um, three scores, AJ Dillon. But how about this? I saw someone else saying that. J.K. Scott should get the game ball. I know I know there was a penalty on it. It didn't matter at the end of the day. But did you see him towards the end of the game when they busted out that big, what was that, punt return? Yeah. And, or kick return, and J.K. Scott actually laid the, for him, laid the wood <laughs> no. on the guy. Uh, that, <laughs> he, he tackled like, him, Rowdy. He, he tackled him. He got knocked over by his own player like he was like a 10-year-old playing with like high schoolers. He tackled though kind of he like grabbed the guy by like almost it was almost like a wwe headlock type did thing. it not make then up he for fell him. off and then his own player smoked him and he fell over did it not make up for his one before I, he... okay I'm, I'm i'm digging on him because his it was one? hilariously bad but at least it was an effort because yes. the last two times you saw jk scott trying to make a tackle he didn't even get a finger on the guy <laughs> so baby steps he baby deered it um, but yeah, okay. I just had to bring that because you know funny. the the one thing I did notice yesterday, the fact that on third and short, and even fourth and one, there was a running back in there that could gain the the yards needed. Right. Um, even on the goal line when they got stopped, you had the wrong running back in there, and it showed yesterday. I mean, no offense to Aaron Jones, but well, it's, it's funny going straight forward and getting that one yard. Or it wasn't. Uh, well, goal. I was questioning was that too. It was two like point third conversion. And, yeah, it was like it, the two short, point conversion that they didn't score yeah, on. Yeah, and there was other just, early in the game too. It was like other short yard opportunities. I'm like, why is AJ Dillon not in the game right now for like a third and well, one? We, right. we you're, we're talking about that, and it's week 16. Yeah, we were talking about that week one in Minnesota mm-hmm. when they talked about oh they spent this number two over, or number two no, second round pick on AJ Dillon. He's supposed to be the hammer. He'll be a, a running back of the future once either Jones or Williams or both walk because why else would you be spending that second round pick on a yeah. running back in that situation and they're not using them in goal line situation and that was week one and you're sitting there like what's going on here and now you fast forward all of a sudden to week 16 got amazing legs and butt Let's they're, go. they're starting to use them more but they still didn't use them at the beginning of that game and Aaron Jones you know he's been great the last few seasons for the Packers but he's still in a bad bad weather snowy Hard to find your footing. It's yeah. going to be a little scrum type game, especially in those situations. Yeah, you're still putting the five ten, two hundred and five pound running back in there to to run it for one yard. All right, well, yeah. uh, it's not going to work as you well. You know, second year of a thousand yards for him, good for him. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's still one of those things. I don't think we see him here next year. Yeah, I don't think so. I think either. it's going to be Jamal Williams and AJ. Same, I, I agree. Drew Rosenhaus was the final uh, yeah. nail in that coffin. Yeah, I was like, all right, there's still a chance, even though. Talks broke down or whatever, and then it was yeah. like, and if I heard Drew Rosen's house. Well, right. see you later.
the Wisconsin Badger basketball team mm-hmm. have one hell of a game against the Michigan State Spartans. Yeah. I had not realized, like, I, I knew the stat was there. I knew it had been a while, but I never actually went and looked when's the last time they won. 2004 was the last time that, they won at the Breslin Center. Was that the game that they had the banner already yeah. to yep. roll down when, yeah. and when they won and the yep. Badgers got that last-second uh, uh, basket to, to win? Yep. And, yep, Nelson brought that up on, I think, on it, Wednesday. Did they miss a last-second basket to lose? Rowdy, remember one of the two. I can't remember which way it went. Two thousand and four was the yeah. last time they won at the Breslin Center, and the Wisconsin Badger basketball team. It was a very entertaining game, and I think it was a very good test of who the Badgers are. And they passed with flying colors. Demetri Trice was a man possessed. You think it's because he got his brother there watching, his mom back in the stands, a scream during free yeah. throws? Yeah, like I, <laughs> I think they were the quarter of the fans that were there. Yeah, yeah. Just the Trice. It, it was nice. Uh, I mean. Izzo gave, like, they were giving it to families and stuff, yes. but he took out two tickets for Trice out of the Michigan State tickets mm-hmm. so he could be there to watch his brother. I mean, that's that's a classy move. He didn't have to do yes. that. And for all the whining he does on the court and things <laughs> like that, you don't really like Izzo, but hey, his he... he after the game, actively advocates for players. After the game, he had. I mean, yes, he was advocating yes for the Badgers and Trice, obviously with the, well, with the I, I connection. Just mean in general, the oh yeah, for sure. Of college basketball. Oh yeah, he's. I like. See, this was a kind of whiny when he loses, but I do like him as a coach. He also had some very awesome comments about Greg Gard after the game. I want to get to this Wisconsin Badger basketball team. We'll talk more Packers coming up here in the eight o'clock hour. This Wisconsin Wisconsin Badger basketball team. They'll uh, continue Big Ten play tonight at the Kohl Center. Uh, against the Maryland Terrapins. How big was that win at the Breslin Center over Michigan State? Did, did Wisconsin put their foot down and say, we are the cream of the crop? Because I saw Iowa lose, too. Did Wisconsin put down their foot and say, we are the cream of the crop in the Big Ten and we will take this thing? Uh, 16 years the last time they won at the Breslin Center. Demetri Trice, ball, the whole team was just gelling, balling. It was uh, a game of adversity, too, because they, they fought, you know, they were down a little bit, had some woes, came back in, and won the game. Is this the, hey, we're the best in the Big Ten? I don't think so, personally. I think Michigan State's a good team. Obviously, they're ranked, they were ranked 12th going into that game. They're obviously a top 15 team in the country. Mm-hmm. We know the Big Ten is deep. Was it a good win? Hundred percent. It was at Michigan State. It was Huge against win. a top twelve team. It was a hard fought game where the Badgers had to continue to battle and stick with it. So for all that reasons, it's a good win. You like to see that really nobody had a bad game where you can go, that player played terrible. We need more out of them. Yeah. Everyone played really well, and obviously Demetri Trice had the game. And Oof, what a game. When you look around, though, I I need to see for for the Badgers to come in and and put their foot down and say, we are the best team in the Big Ten. I need to see them beat teams like Michigan State. I need to see them beat teams like Illinois and Iowa. I think this is a nice step, but I think Iowa and Illinois are like another step above Michigan State. Because we've seen Michigan State, they've beaten Duke, which Duke's not necessarily having the best year. (laughs) But we've also seen them lose to Northwestern, who also is undefeated in the Big Ten still. But uh, they're a good team. I don't think they're a great team or a Final Four caliber team. Yeah, it's right, a good win. Right now, it looks like that team is pretty much Joey Hauser and nobody else. It's a team that could reach the right. Sweet 16, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, it's a good team. But when we're we're talking about the Badgers, were ranked, ranked fourth. 
The Badgers are eight and one, and they had one mishap in a bad game against Marquette. And you are projected to finish in the top three of the Big Ten. Those top three teams are all top five teams at one point in the year. Yep. You're hoping for a Final Four, well, or that's that can would be this, your goal. I think right? this team can do that, though. Don't you look at all the experience they have? This is crazy for their starting lineup and age. Demetric Trice, twenty four. Aleem Ford, 24. Micah Potter, 22. Nate Reavers, 22. Brad Davison, 21. The starting age, I saw this tweet, the starting age for the Bulls is 25, 23, 21, 20, and 19. Yeah. The Badgers have experience out the wazoo. And you've heard it like. That's why they won. That's why they wanted the Breslin Center. It's the experience. And you've heard it so far this year. If your culture is set, and you have experience, you're ha- you're gonna have a better shot yeah, this year. Totally, and it it even shows with the Badgers. They're well, the a competitive youngest, year in year out because of the amount of guys who stay three to four years. The three youngest to five starter years. on their team is 21, <laughs> yeah. and it's Brad Davis, who we know <laughs> yeah. is now in right. his fourth year. Who's been there, done he's, that, and he's just a young guy for his his age grade. Right. So other than that, I mean, Demetric Trice, I think he turns 30 in a couple months. <laughs> it seems like it, doesn't and, it? And he'll still be technically eligible next year to play Yeah, if, if it works out back, and yeah. however the Badgers end up dealing with scholarships. Yep. But, I mean, he could be damn near 26. Yeah. Yeah. And the really good thing about the Badgers, speaking of a higher uh, number besides their age, how about Wisconsin? Fifth time in nine games, the Badgers have shot north of 40% on three-pointers. They shot 42.1% from beyond the arc against Michigan State. It's not bad. They've been crushing it. <laughs> when they shoot about 50% from three, Tell they can beat almost anybody in the country. <laughs> Tell them, Rowdy. <laughs> oh, thanks, Captain Obvious. So, yeah, that's what I was going for. When you shoot 50% from the field, 40 from three, and 75 from the line. You can beat anyone in the country, son. Tom Izzo had Even some... Even you can be an All-American. Tom Izzo had some great comments about Greg Gard after the game. I want to read you guys. Uh, we also have news of the weird coming up as well. But, man, what a win for the Badgers. Just taking down Michigan State. First time in 16 years that they've won there. I do have a co-worker at Memorial who uh, went to Michigan State. Yeah. So I wish them a Merry Christmas, like right after the game. <laughs> but I prefaced it with, in no way, shape, or form, does this have anything to do with the game that just no, happened? No, Merry, not at all. Nothing. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. How do you like your lump of coal? I, I didn't I didn't bring up the game at all outside of saying this has nothing to do with the game <laughs> that just finished. And then you should have just PS'd it. I hope your Christmas was a little more red than green. Oh, I didn't like how they went color versus color. And it was a red and green game. (laughs) Because Michigan's, you usually wear whites at home. Yeah, that's true. It was a cold, snowy Sunday at Lambeau Field. And as the wind blew and the snow gusted through the air, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams trotted out wearing their green and gold with their fellow teammates and decided to absolutely destroy the Tennessee Titans on the arm of Aaron Rodgers, the hands of Devontae Adams, the legs of A.J. Dillon, and the mind of Matt LeFleur as the Packers keep up their winning ways at historic Lambeau, beating the Titans 40 to 14 and besting the what would he be the abominable snowman that was Derrick Henry contained I just I was trying to set the mood I guess Packers win that's where I'm going with Rowdy 
Packers went in a freaking snowstorm, dude, and it was awesome. What would you? How would you describe that victory for the? I was trying to go like old NFL films, rowdy, with the like the wind and the snow blowing in the background. It's well, the, th- it's the theater of the mind, if you will. I think Bob, who called in a little earlier, I think he summed it up well. It was a, it was a complete game from the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, where they didn't throw on any breaks. No breaks, all gas. It was all gas. They got that snowplow all gassed up, full tank. Call him AJ Dillon, and they went just bludgeoning. The Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry, who? More like A.J. Dillon, baby. The rookie back out of Boston College. All right, Nelly. So, uh, looking at this. Derrick Henry still had 23 carries, 98 yards, right? Which is still an extreme. For most running backs, that's a good game. For Derrick Henry, what would we call that game? Just shy of 100 yards and nope. averaging over 4, what was it, 4.3 yards and never a found pay dirt. What do we call that game for Derrick Henry? Did the Packers defense... I mean, they did it, right? They stopped Derrick Henry. Wasn't that what Packer fans have been looking for? Because leading up to this game last night, it was Derrick Henry's going to run 200, 300 yards on us. Derrick Henry's going to eat. Derrick Henry's going to be a monster. Well, Derrick Henry did get his 98 yards, but he wasn't really a factor. Who was a factor for the Tennessee Titans? No one? No one. I mean, the Packers' defense, have they finally turned over a new leaf? Has Mike Pettin... I don't know. Have for Christmas did he get Tennessee like, his scored head four, removed out of his ass? Tennessee scored fourteen points. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, if you look at what Henry did, though, I mean, he had ninety-eight yards. That's just his seventh, sixth, seventh game without a hundred yards this year. So this game, we all were very nervous, obviously, about Derrick Henry because what was the Packers' Achilles heel? It was their rush defense, and the Packers just bottled up the Tennessee Titans. That's like that. This was a good litmus test, a good test for the Packers, and they passed with flying colors. Well, you look to see what the Packers did and how, how did they combat Derrick Henry running the football. They did everything they had to do to stop him. One, they got a nice, healthy lead early, so you're not going to really want to be running the football that much. Yep. You want to put the game more on Ryan Tannehill. Yep. And now, did Ryan Tannehill play a good game? No. But it also helps that you had Rashawn Gary, Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith. They were all getting a lot of pressure on Ryan, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Even Kenny Clark, too. Yeah, Kenny Clark they, they was were, up there. They Ow. were in Ryan Tannehill's face. And or moving that pocket and not letting him get comfortable. And then, like we already said, you're up 19 to nothing in the first two quarters of that game. You get a, a nice, fast lead. You can't just sit there and run the football because you're going to run the clock out. Yeah. They made the, the Titans have to throw the football, and then they, they got pressure on yeah. Ryan Tannehill. It- then when you go, when they were trying to run the football, it was like the seas parted. And like, all of a sudden, like Mike Pettin could see the field, and he goes, Oh my goodness, we need to go with five-man fronts. We're going to have more guys in the box. We're going to have more inside linebackers and linebackers in general on the field. We're going to play less sub and dime packages. Yeah. And guess what? Weird enough, it worked. It worked. Who would have thought playing more guys on the defensive line and more <sighs> more linebackers and less sub packages it, it would it, help it stop worked. the run? It worked. Especially when the running back's 250 pounds. Yeah, that's a big boy, Derrick Henry. Like... 
it was nice not having to see guys like Kevin King, or I know Raven Green's injured, but those type of players have to tackle yeah. a six foot three slash four, <laughs> two hundred and fifty pound Derrick Henry. You allowed the linebackers and the defensive line to do that and it worked. I never saw Derrick Henry um un- unveil or unleash, I should say, a vicious stiff arm on anyone. He did he did run someone over. Uh, Vernon Scott, the sixth round pick, yeah, Vernon Scott got ran over. Safety got absolutely ran over. But outside of that, I never saw like the quintessential Derrick Henry highlight. Yeah, but there were a couple plays where I saw Kevin King really didn't want to stick. King really didn't want to stick his nose in there what too was bad. That? Who was he trying to tackle on that? And they just tossed him aside. That wasn't Derrick. AJ it Brown. Was AJ Brown. Yeah, Kevin King tries to tackle AJ Brown. He's like, dude, get off me, child's play. <laughs> like, step aside. I'm I'm running here. So I was watching the game with my dad and. We were laughing because Kevin King had a couple of tackle attempts. We were just like, why did you even try? It's like, what are you doing, dude? Just like step aside, child's play. And then then you had the the play where they threw almost like that little bubble out there to yeah. uh to Brown. Yeah. And he completely misses the tackle. <laughs> Basically, Brown throws him off of him like he's the little brother. Uh-huh. And I looked at my dad and I go, you know. Kevin King ain't much of a tackler and doesn't want to stick his nose in there. And he's only available for about 50% of the games he's ever been in in his career. But he's a decent cover guy. Yeah, he is a decent cover guy. But if you want him to tackle someone open field, good but luck. Forget about it. he can't tackle in the open field, and he's only been available for about half the games he could have yeah. potentially played. Uh, Aaron, other than that, other he's than a that, decent cover guy. Aaron Rodgers was absolutely phenomenal. Devontae Adams, absolutely phenomenal. A.J. Dillon, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, you know, Aaron Jones, phenomenal, too. He didn't play as much. I think he was uh, what he's nursing that hip tailbone injury and that toe injury, but he looked good, too, in his limited time. Everyone, everyone did their part for the Green Bay Packers as a collective unit, and it looked phenomenal. I know there was at least one play, since we were talking about corners and tackling with Derrick Henry, there's at least one and I think two where Jair Alexander made tackles on Derrick Henry in the open field. Yeah. And that's impressive. Just because of the just well, one he's a corner, so you know some of the corners. Even look at some of the historically great corners like Deion Sanders didn't necessarily like to tackle. No, no. But Jair Alexander stuck his nose in there and made at least one, and I he's think two plays against a Derrick Henry when Jair, Jair Alexander is only like five ten, yeah. two hundred pounds. He is phenomenal. He is, but really he made good. the plays. He's, he is really he's, good. He went in there. He's aggressive. All right. Speaking of making plays, Devontae Adams got the game ball. Um, you know, Sunday night, but Devontae Adams says he wanted to give it to A.J. Dillon. Let's hear from uh, number 17, Devontae Adams. No, A.J. AJ did exactly what I've been waiting for this whole time, man. I mean, obviously I've seen what he can do in practice, but going out and having, you know, he's had a couple flashes, but to have a solid game like that, outrush Derrick Henry when he didn't even start, just, just a great performance, and it was great for him. Uh, multiple touchdowns today, so it was just huge. It was huge. It was awesome to see. Now, nothing better than the snow coming down on a night game under the lights at Lambeau Field, historic Lambeau Field. It is, it just gives you chills. Like that's how football should be played, right? Well, a lot of uh, a lot of good football has been played at Lambeau. Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. How about this? Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are now the most prolific duo in Packers history in terms of completions. Favre and Driver had it at 486. After last night, Rodgers and Adams now moves to number one, 489 receptions. Incredible. Here is more from Devontae um, about playing in weather like that. It comes down to the mindset, man. Make the play. At the end of the day, if you're going to get targeted, we can't just go run the ball the whole game, regardless if it's pouring, snowing, sleet, you know, whatever it is. So you just got to have that mindset that you can go out and make the play regardless and, 
um, just be confident and and um, yeah, that's that's how I attack. Uh, Rowdy, usually for Packer games, the third quarter rears its ugly head and they allow the other team to come in and uh, kind of make things a little uncomfortable. Now, I wasn't really uncomfortable when the Packers were only up 19 to 14. I thought, okay, like they're making a little game of it. Tennessee is, but I still had belief in the Packers. Then in that third quarter where they usually stink, the Packers put up their most points in the whole game, 14. I won't lie. I you you say you were still confident. I was getting a little nervous because we had seen in the last few games that the Packers like to uh, hit the break. Yeah, and I was like, oh no, I've seen this movie before. There wasn't snow and it was in a dome, but it was against the Colts. Mm-hmm. And I was I was a little nervous, but I felt better when the Packers went right down the field and scored again. Yeah, because it was like okay, they they maybe they struggled a little bit where they let Tennessee creep back in early in that third quarter. But they got a touchdown. They got it back to a two-score game. Yep. And now if they hadn't went down and scored, yeah, you're probably biting your nails, right? You're I'm, like, I'm okay, glad they made it a little more entertaining, at least. I still thought the Packers were going to win the game. But here's more from Devontae Adams. Say they did play a complete game against uh, a Tennessee. A game like this, Wrong to, one. to play a team game like that, that means a lot to to me as one of the leaders of this team and just to everybody, just for the, the mental. And uh, I know Coach Pettin is excited about the way the defense played today, the way that the defensive coaches coached, everything. It was, it was a beautiful game. More from Devontae and their complete performance. A game like this, we just look at how we play, man. There's been times where we've needed help uh, to even get us in. So being in a spot where we just got to win and we control our own destiny, I think that's kind of what everybody's focused on, just making sure we go out there and handle the game, beat a team that we beat once this year. You know, a, a very capable team. You know, this any we already know how this league is. You know, anybody can win any game. We got to make sure we lock in and treat it, you know, just like this game. All right, so the Packers do not have it locked up yet, the number one seed in the NFC. They'll do that when when they, if I should say, they beat the Chicago Bears for the last game of the regular season. I willingly watched Mike Glennon for the Jags go up against Mitch Trubisky for the Bears over Mahomes and Ryan, and it was hilarious. It was everything I wanted it to be. Terrible football. I think we lost brain cells losing the first half, but I will say the yeah. Bears are better than they were to start the season. In the middle of the season. But I don't the know Packers if I, still I don't, I don't win. know if I would say that. I think they're getting better quarterback play than they've gotten at the beginning of the year. They were still winning games somehow. Bears won three in a row, Rowdy. Somehow. They were five and one to start. Yeah, then they lost five in a row. I, I'll agree with you. I think they're getting better quarterback play overall than they have so far in the season. Okay, well, splitting hairs there. But my favorite quote was also from that game. I think we all know that the Jacksonville Jaguars, if you watch that game, officially quit playing the last play of the first half when they allowed the Chicago bears to pick up enough yards to kick the field goal, to go up 13 to 10 Jacksonville started waving the white flag. But if you remember, I believe it was the possession before that where Mitchell Trubisky and the bears were driving down there and it was a first and 10 They were inside the 20-yard line, and he was rolling out to his right and kind of across his body off balance. He threw it into the corner of the end zone where I think half the Jaguar team was uh, (laughs) positioned there, and Joe Schobert Schobert caught the football, former Badger. Yeah, that was a terrible throw by Trubisky. Terrible, and I don't remember who was on the broadcast, but after they show, you, you know, Trip Mitchell Trubisky on the bench. No, it wasn't a you can't do that. It was even more disrespectful than that. But I was just <laughs> laughing. He literally says on the broadcast, he goes, you know, I just that's I that's a high school mistake. <laughs> that is a high school interception. 
High school quarterbacks make those types of throws. I don't want to criticize a professional quarterback and a professional athlete. But here we are. But that's a high school quarterback mistake as they're showing Mitchell Trubisky looking all Dude. pissy on the sideline. When you just get criticized and compared to a high, high school, school quarterback, wow, by a professional broadcaster, you know that's bad. But it was bad. It was first and ten. Dude, if anything, you throw it out of the back of the end zone. Trubisky looks so bad. But here's the thing. like It was such bad clock management and I don't know what the hell they were doing to, at the end of the first half because both teams just look like they had their heads firmly planted up their own well, I asses. Think ja- I mean you understand Jacksonville you're like okay the Jets are so stupid they're starting to win games now we have Trevor Lawrence locked yeah. up we need to continue to lock him up boys basically call the dogs off let's let them get a field goal here right before <laughs> half and then we're not going to try in the second half it was Watching the Bears and Jacksonville Jaguars, the, it was hilarious. The announcer was like beside himself for almost the whole game. He's like, I don't know what Jacksonville's doing right there. Mitch Trubisky looks like a high school quarterback. You can't. This is just bad football. Okay, let me ask you then. Is it Packers, if they beat the Bears, you know, last regular season game, they lock up home field advantage at Soldier. It's not if, it's when. So the Packers do it? They're beating the Bears. Yeah, no doubt in my mind. Um, it you was, have the MVP of the NFL versus Mitch Stinkbisky. <laughs> there's Stinkbisky the turd. Someone else called him Turd Biscuit. You have the Packers defense, which is playing good football for the last six games, versus the Bears defense, which I wouldn't say they're they're playing great football, but they're, they're still a better. steady defense. They're playing better. I mean, they won three in a row. You can't say they've not been playing better by winning three in a row. And when I'm saying they're playing better, I'm not giving them a huge compliment. It's like... It's like you're dumpster diving, and you find like a half-eaten donut on top. But if you look at the other game that was That's on. That's the Bears, the half-eaten donut on at top. At that same time, you mentioned you, still were, trash. you decided to watch the Jacksonville-Chicago game over the Kansas City-Atlanta game. Yeah, Mahomes was stinky. So I was flicking between both, and I just, you know, they always try to talk up Patrick Mahomes every chance they can. He stunk. Even when he looked bad for three quarters. He stunk. And he got, he got a lot of uh, yardage late. Yeah. I just, I've been watching more Patrick Mahomes this year just because, well, one, they're featured more. Yeah, oh, yeah. everyone well, talks the, the about the flavor him. of the decade. And you kind of want to watch. And I sit there and they're like, oh, look at how he climbs the pocket and he escapes and buys time and makes the throw downfield. And I'm sitting there listening to this, watching him play. And he didn't necessarily play well, but over the past, you know, season, you're watching more and more. And I go, I literally think these announcers have forgotten what Aaron Rodgers played like the last five to ten years. They have. I know not 2017 or 18 or maybe even 19, but 2016 through 2010, I watched Aaron Rodgers do those exact same things every single week. Yeah. I watched him, week out. I watched him put the ball 60 yards downfield in the perfect spot. I watched him throw a perfect out route. Just flicking his arm. I watched him climb the pocket and buy time. I watched him run for 30 yards. Hell, we even saw Aaron Rodgers run for 30 yards, and you had to have Colin, uh, Colin Co- Collinsworth. <laughs> I almost said Colin Chris Coward. Collinsworth. Chris Collinsworth was like, yep, he's squatting now. He can yeah, run. He's he squatting. He can run. It's like he's always been able to Are run. Are you kidding me? He's always been a mobile athletic quarterback. He's just getting old. Him squatting 400 pounds has nothing to do with him getting out of the pocket. It was just kind of like the biggest. You guys literally must have amnesia for they the do. last five to ten years. Well, they got their talking Aaron points. Rogers has made every single play. 
that Patrick Mahomes has ever made. Aaron Rodgers should be the MVP. Now, last night on the broadcast, they both both announcers made that perfectly clear that Aaron Rodgers is now their odds on or their favorite for it. Is he the odds on favorite now, Rodgers? Where's yeah, he Mahomes? is now the new. So if we're looking at the updated MVP odds. Aaron Rodgers is overtaking Mahomes. He's a minus 155 favorite. This guy's nickname is Mr. Magnificent. Our sports director, Zach Halpern. Good morning, Zach. What's up? Good morning. Uh, is that true? Is that your nickname? Or did I just make that up? You just made that up. But uh, So, AJ, that's catching on, huh? The, the, the snowplow? Well, I love The Simpsons. And one of my favorite Simpsons episode is, well, Simpsons seasons like two till 10, I'll say the prime is three to seven. But in that range, Zach, there is an episode where Homer becomes Mr. Plow and he removes snow. I feel like A.J. Dillon should be that guy. What do you think? Yeah, I get I totally see that. Totally see that. <laughs> I remember that episode. Yeah. Really? Wow. Look at you. Yeah. Okay. Well, sure. I'll, uh, he, I'll... Did like a, he had like a song and everything, right? He did. And his, his jingle, yeah, and his commercial, Mr. Plow, that name again is Mr. Plow. Well done, Zach. All right, Zach. Yeah. Hey, yeah? Before, before we get into this, um, did Nelson try and shoot his shot with a, a Green Bay television personality last night? Oh, I subbed her. You would be correct, yes. Because what did she say, Nelson? Oh, something like trying to find a relationship like Devontae Adams here, and got, Aaron Rodgers. And Nelson gave yeah, her the sup. I, I got it here. It's Bailey Burmaster, who actually dated uh, Baker Mayfield back Wait, in the day. you trying to be Eskimo Brothers with Baker Mayfield, Rowdy? Didn't even know uh, that. And uh, she says, I'm just out here trying to find a connection like Rodgers and Adams. Yeah, Nelson supped her. And he says sup. And, uh, <laughs> and then, then a little, couple not, minutes later. I assume... I assume he was not the only one. Uh, so she replied, this wasn't an opening for random guys to tweet, hey, at me. Just like Matt LaFleur, we have standards. Hey, question though. Did I tweet hey? <laughs> did I tweet hey? <laughs> no, he, I said essentially, sup. Essentially you did. He gave her the sup, not the hey. So maybe, same, maybe same thing. before you know it. We'll and at see, the time when I saw it, I think Nelson. there was only like two guys. One said hey and another guy did a waving emoji, so I subbed. I like this tweet. I thought it was funny. Rowdy's got, I mean, shoot or shoot, Zach. Shoot or hey. shoot. Hey, it's all good. Hey, it's, worst it's, case scenario, I mean, me and Baker Mayfield are in the same boat in a couple of years, both unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Zach, speaking of shooter shooting, uh, I'll save some Packers for a bit here. How about Demetri Trice and the Wisconsin Badger basketball team? Their first win was since what year at the Breslin Center? 2004. Woo! At the Breslin Center, yeah. Huge, huge win on Christmas. And then, yeah, it didn't. It came without fans in the stands, but still, man, putting up that kind of point, putting up those kind of points at that place, it was uh, a very, very impressive win. Maybe Michigan State isn't as good as uh, we thought they were, at least to start the year. But that's, I mean, that's a huge, huge win. And for Demetri tries to go in there, where his brother was one of the better uh, players in Tom Izzo's uh, time there, and to put up that kind of numbers and those kind of numbers. Huge. Yeah, that Huge. was gigantic. Was that? Uh, did I hear Demetri Trice's mom too uh, going the woo during yeah, the free throws? No, she she did not because she respects Michigan State basketball because of her. I her could other have sworn I heard Trice. someone going woo. No, she well must have been Ric Flair. The, must have been Ric Flair just replaying in my head. Perhaps, but uh, she <laughs> perhaps. apparently was there last. Uh, I mean, they they were last their last whatever day that Nebraska game was on last Tuesday. Uh, they they've started to allow parents into the Kohl Center, and so but she was in a box and uh, mm. couldn't necessarily open up the windows to yell at uh, or to to scream it. But yeah, she she was there. The whole family was there. I mean, they invited pretty much everybody. 
they had like I think he ended up getting like eight tickets when he I think it was only supposed to have three. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was good for him, and uh, he showed out, man. So Zach, I, uh, I think it went. I think at one point in the second half, he had 13 points. Michigan State had 14 points for the second half. Yeah, didn't he single hand? He went on the 13 0 run himself for the Badgers, didn't he? Dimitri Trice? Yeah, for, yeah, he had thir- yep, had 13. Um, so Zach, let me ask you, man. This this win obviously huge because it's been 16 years since they've done so. What 12 times since 04, and they've lost every time until what happened there the 13th. Zach, this win for the Badgers. Is this them cementing themselves, planting their flag, saying we are the cream of the crop in the Big Ten? Because I did see Minnesota take down Iowa. Is this the Badgers saying we are the team to beat in the hardest conference in the land? So, so a lot of teams in this conference already played two to three. I mean, Wisconsin's played two games. A lot of teams have played three. Some have played, I think, some have played four. Um, but it, it's not that many, right? Mm-hmm. And yet, only three teams are still unbeaten. So. We know how deep the conference is. Michigan's still unbeaten. Northwestern's obviously the surprise of the conference at this point. Yeah. And then uh, Wisconsin. I think if you're looking at the – I mean, it's at this point, in terms of what they've done on the court, you would have to say Wisconsin and, and uh, Northwestern, right, just because of who they've beaten and what they've done. I think it would be those two teams. But I think if you're selected between those two, you'd have to go with Wisconsin. Wisconsin's the most complete team. I mean, they're still – Last time I checked, they were still the they're still the only team in the country that has a top ten both offense and defense and efficiency wise, according to Ken Palm, which is one of the more celebrated analytical sites out there. They're the only team in the country that's top ten in both. So, I think right now I don't know about cementing their status, but they certainly have uh, planted their flag as saying that they're the most complete team in the Big Ten and, and have a chance to to win this thing again. Yeah, definitely. Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now, uh, Aleem Ford. It's so nice watching him, like, year after year, his game's gotten better and better and better. Is an aggressive Aleem Ford, I know he followed out in the game, but was he one of the reasons why Wisconsin did win that game, Aleem Ford? Shock of the year was him uh, playing well to start the half, to start the game. I mean, he has been, he has struggled in the first half of games this year, and yet his offense was huge. I think he had 11 of the first, I mean, 11 of the first 13 points. Yeah. Uh, and only, I think he only ended up with 13, but yeah, he was huge. But I think the, perhaps the biggest play he made was saving the ball late in that game. I, I, I don't know if it was the the Wayne Larity dagger, but it was <laughs> saving the ball back to Demetri Trice, who then found Johnny Davis at the other end for for a layup to put them up, uh, put them up uh, comfortably. And uh, yeah, Aleem, when he's aggressive and he's down around the basket and finish. I mean, because he he has struggled around the basket to finish at times, but that was not the case the other day. And he is a very good shooter. It doesn't always show out, but he's a. They have. He's a really good shooter, yes. and uh, you know when he's aggressive and feeling good about himself, that's when you kind of can tell, or that's when it. That's when performances like Friday happen. So Zach, let me ask you. I was looking at your article at MadCitySportsZone.com, and you included the best tweets. By the way, thank you, including mine and the Packers one. I appreciate that. But in You're this welcome. in this Wisconsin Badgers one, uh, you have Wisconsin Badgers starting lineup in age: Dimitri Trice, twenty-four; uh, Liam Ford, twenty-four; Micah Potter and Reavers, both twenty-two years old; Brad Davison, twenty-one. And then you, uh, also the tweet compares the starting age to the Bulls lineup, where the Badgers' age is more. Um, you know, sen- yeah. seniority than it is the start starting lineup for the Chicago Bulls. With this age or these ages and experience, are we expecting a very far run then? If there is a March Madness tournament, I think that's what everyone was you know expecting coming this year. They bring back because of what they bring back, because of the weird off season that everybody had. The experience that they have was going to play a huge part in their success, and so far it certainly has. I, 
you know, they've only had the, the one hiccup at Marquette, but yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, they, they thought, I think, I think we all thought that they were going to make a run last March, right? I mean, they yeah. won eight straight. We all thought that, that they well, were they make won a the run tournament. Zach, Greg Gard came on these airwaves and proclaimed it. So that's a good point. Good yes. point. They were both, they were both big Reigning 10 champions. tournament champs. They were both big 10 tournament champs and NCAA tournament champs. I mean, they were the one <laughs> seed, obviously the big 10 tournament and, uh, you know, ESPN said they won the other one. So, yeah, all good. Yeah, we're all yeah, good. No, I think that they can make a run for a back-to-back national title. There's there's no doubt about it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Maryland tonight, the Terrapins. What are we thinking about uh, the Terrapins who are 0-2 in the Big Ten coming to the Kohl Center? Yeah, they've lost three of four. It's a, it's a relatively young team. Um, Eric Ayala is their, their leading scorer, and I think it's going to be a challenge for Demetri Trice. But, look, Wisconsin should beat Maryland. Uh, they they should move to three and zero, but again the Big Ten because we know how deep it, it is, anything can happen. But uh, Wisconsin, I mean right now Wisconsin just is killing it uh, yes. from beyond the arc. I mean they're shooting over forty percent. They've got uh, five games of of over forty percent from three already this year. Uh, already this year, it took them twenty four games, or they had six in the first twenty four games last year. So hmm. they are uh, they are shooting high, they are shooting quite well. And I think uh, if, if any get anywhere close to that forty percent tonight, they'll they'll win. Zach, re- legitimate question here. Oh, and they're all legitimate, mm-hmm. but this one's very legitimate, very serious. Mm-hmm. Better shot, the Badgers basketball team, or Nelson Raisbeck to the reporter in Green Bay. Oof. Well, the, the ball is in your he's court. Shoot, he's shooting zero percent. They're shooting forty <laughs> percent. I think the so. ball's. I think the ball's still firmly in the air. <laughs> is it, is it, like, it could be like that Carlton shot in Fresh Prince of Bel Air, or you know, it could be a game winner. Who knows? Yeah, I'm, I think we both know, or we all, all we all know what it was. But Carl, hey, Carlton, you're, you're right, Nelson. You're right. We don't, you know, it hasn't come down yet. So we'll see. But I think I if think Baker Mayfield all, and I have anything in common, it's we're about the same age. We're all leaning. In the, we're all leaning. In, well, me and Evo are both leading in one direction. I think you're still hoping for my fingers are crossed though for him. My fingers are crossed yeah. for him. Yep, of course. All right, Zach. Something else my fingers are crossed for is that the Badger football team can find a victory in the Duke's Mayo Bowl on Wednesday at 11 a.m. What is the status for Graham Mertz? Graham Mertz is cleared to play. Talked uh, on Saturday that uh, yeah he's he's good to go. And uh, likely to, I would, yeah, likely to start the game on Wednesday, which is uh, good news. I think you know certainly that uh, he can obviously. Uh, we looking for play redemption. And, yeah, a little bit of redemption, and hopefully have uh, a few more of his weapons available to him too. Yeah. Okay. So it's like Kendrick Pryor and Danny Davis. Have you heard anything on them? Uh, no, nothing on Danny Davis. Nothing on Kendrick Pryor just yet. But Jalen Berg is back. Yeah, Paul Chris is going to be talking. Um, Later today, I'm Ooh. sure he'll give us. I'm sure he'll give us a, a really big update on uh, their, their injury situation. But yeah, it's, I think there's hope at least because uh, we haven't heard anything that says no. Uh, but yeah, they'll have Jalen Berger. It's, it sounds like for sure. So that's that's a positive. If they can get Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor back, it's significant because you want to see that offense as full strength as possible uh, to get you know kind of give them some confidence heading into. Spring ball, and then you know into next year, and I think that's a huge confidence is a huge thing for for Grand Mertz. Man, and Paul, Chris speaking today, I know for a fact that you appreciate the opportunity to uh, listen to it. Have yes. the opportunity, yeah, I appreciate to have the opportunity to have the opportunity to appreciate the opportunity to listen 
him later God, today. I am so appreciative right now, especially for you and Graham Mertz being back and Paul Chris talking. Yeah. What an opportunity for everyone. All right, Zach, mm-hmm. before I let you go, my man, we started with the Packers. Let's end with the Packers. Uh, some people on Twitter were saying that, you know, I'll include Nelson and I in this conversation, but I think it was more of just everyone in, in Cheeseland that we need to apologize to Brian Gutekunst for um, you know talking bad about the draft that happened for him after A.J. Dillon's, uh, Dillon's performance, you know, besting uh, Derrick Henry. Should Nelson and I apologize to Brian Gutekunst in your humble opinion? Uh, about that draft? I don't think so. Okay, yet. good, good, good. I, about, the 20, about the 2019 draft, though. You may you you may have to you may have to apologize. Well, we're still at least a year away. Yeah, because in twenty twenty, Zach, we don't apologize. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> huge uh, uh, Darnell Savage has just started to ascend. I guess is I don't know how what you would say. He's got four interceptions in the last five games. Should have had another one. Probably would have had a pick six uh, had he been able to hold on to it. But he's making a bunch of plays. Rashawn Gary had five quarterback hurries. Yeah, he was they, killing they it. They were all. They were all up in their face. I think he was the one that uh, disrupted uh, Ryan Tannehill on Darnell Savage's interception. So those two guys are playing huge. But yeah, AJ Dillon, man, I think that's yesterday was Mr. kind of Plow. what they envisioned. They, that's what they, Mr. Plow. That's kind of what they envisioned uh, when they took him back in April. That in these type of games, the snow games, late December playoff playoff type games, he was going to be able to run downhill and, and run through guys and run over guys and all that, and he did. And he outplayed the the guy that is known for that, Derrick Henry. So definitely, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know about apologizing, but uh, I oh, mean, well, I'll, I'll keep it on not, the frontal lobe and revisit it as they think three to four years. How's that sound? Right. Yes, of course. All right, Zach. Before I let you go, Nelson, do you have anything? Oh yeah, yeah, Zach. Seriously though, don't let you th- don't let her make you think for a second she didn't put that tweet out there for a second. And the other thing to I got get a for response you. from Nelson. Yeah. Don't. What was that? Don't think that she didn't put that tweet out there for a reason. And then the second thing I'm going to say to you is, how much does fourth place pay out? <laughs> More than whatever place you finished in, I assume. Uh, actually, it's the same as fifth and sixth. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. What is, what is, uh, no, what, seriously, what, I don't understand, she, you mean she put out the tweet? I think, I think he's saying that she wanted people to give her attention. 100%. Okay, but just, but she has standards, so it wasn't necessarily she wanted, she didn't want you to put from what I can uh, gather is, how about this, attention. spin zone, I think she was, what she was saying was, Matt LaFleur, you're a very attractive man, I want you oh. to pay attention to me, and here's the okay. thing though, many people have told Nelson, believe it or not, I don't agree with it, but he must go to fight at a bar or something about this, that he looks like Matt LaFleur. If I uh, if I trimmed the beard up and went with something uh, a lot shorter, maybe took care of myself, I think I could be a squishy six. There's there's a there's a lift are there, are there lifts involved too to get you where you need to be or no? Maybe if I took care of myself. <laughs> what is what does taking care of yourself mean? Are you talking about shaving? Shaving. Rowdy looks like he's going to join ZZ Top here pretty soon with his beard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Zach, we appreciate Zach. I appreciate the opportunity to have you on to talk Badgers and Packers. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate you. And um, have a happy New Year. Bye. You yep. There he is, our sports director, Zach Heilprin. You said last night, in the wee hours of the morning, were you just excited that you couldn't sleep after the Packers' victory, or was your mind, was your mind churning, or was it a combination I of think both? it was a combination of, you know how you're just normally up a little later on the weekends? Yeah. And then you're already up late. You've been taking 10, on. It's like 10, 15, yeah, 10, You're watching Packers the Packer over. game. You're a little excited they won. You, you took on all that stimulus late with the TV. 
you know, you just can't sleep. I just was rolling around back and forth thinking about a lot of different things. And you had an epiphany. With the Milwaukee Bucks and watching Giannis Antetokounmpo and just that team in general. All right, so you're, let me set the stage here real quick. You're laying in bed. Are the lights off? Yes. Is the TV off? I don't have a TV in my room, so Okay, yes. so lights are off. Nelson's there. Is your, are your eyes open? At times? All right. Th- Nelson is relaxed, laying in bed. All the lights are off. There's a gentle snow falling out the window. As little Rowdy's mind is running a mile a minute, and he has an epiphany. Nelson, tell us your epiphany. I'm watching the Bucks, and they're one and two over the last week. And Giannis hasn't had necessarily... I'll say this. In two of the three performances, Giannis hasn't had his best game, right? Mm-hmm. And now Chris Middleton showed up in one game. They still lost. True. But the I do like the Drew Holiday signing. I think he makes them a better team. He's a good player. But they're still working out kinks early in the season, you know, finding the rotations and what works. But I had this epiphany watching Giannis miss a lot of shots from behind the arc and, more importantly, free throws that would have got him to... <laughs> Uh, the overtime. Mm. They needed to sign Giannis because he's a top five player in the NBA, and that's a must when you have a top five player. You can't just let him walk. They had to sign him, but until he can develop a a consistent jumper and or three-pointer and or free throws because he gets the line a lot going to the rim, mm-hmm. they're never going to win an NBA championship. This was your epiphany? They're never going to win an NBA championship. Because he still hasn't developed a shot, and I don't think he's ever going to. This is your epiphany? I don't think he's ever going to develop a shot because he's been in the league for eight years now, and he still doesn't have it. And I'm getting sick and tired of watching him just ram into guys in the lane and be called for offensive fouls. This is your epiphany? They're never going to win unless they somehow get a legit number two. Chris Middleton, yeah, he's nice. He can have a good game here and there. He never shows up in the clutch moments, and he's not a top tier number two and Giannis needs Giannis needs more or less like uh it's not a Batman and Robin because he can't he can't make shots from everywhere on the court he needs like a Iron Man to Captain America where they're more on the same level he can't do a Batman Robin this is your epiphany they're not going to ever win they're going to be close and they're going to contend and I like this roster for being more competitive in the playoffs because they're going to have shorter rotations. But I don't I think need they're to, ever going to win. I need to change the music for your epiphany then, dude. That was not the epiphany I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be some hopeful, like you found yourself after Christmas. You were there in your bed with your eyes in and out of consciousness. You're in different planes of thinking. Like, I don't want it to be true, but I don't think he's ever going to develop a shot. It's been eight years. He's my age. If you would have developed a shot, we would have had it when we were in middle school. I thought school. this epiphany was going to be the Bucks. You're going to be hoisting the NBA trophy at the, the finals at the end of the year. Giannis would be dunking over all the competition. Well, I, gotta, I think I gotta change the music I for think the that, I think they're going to be competitive basically the whole time that Giannis is in Milwaukee because he's that good. He's a top five player. But until he can make shots from all parts of the floor, until he can pull up and hit threes consistently, or even mid-range jumpers, or even, I don't know, shoot 70% from the line, Woo! they'll be good, but they won't ever win. Rowdy, you totally throw me for a, you threw me for a loop there. I thought the epiphany was gonna be positive. Not I should have known better. It is 2020, it is you. But to your point, I've seen in the writing on the okay, walls too. Evo, Giannis Antetokounmpo needs to get a shot. You played basketball. Your brother played a lot of basketball. State state champion two times. 
when you're growing up as a kid, when did kids start to really develop shots? Middle, junior high, high school? Yeah. Like, you knew there was a shooter when he was, like, in 6th, 7th grade. You're like, exactly. All right, this guy can shoot. Right when he was in middle school, junior high, you're like, okay, this kid's starting to become a real shooter. All of a sudden, he's a kid in high school that they're saying, kid's a shooter, kid's a shooter. Obviously, that's a different level. But you start to see that kids develop shots when they're 12 to 15 years old. Giannis is my age. Yeah, but can you dunk? No, but he's not going to develop a shot. He's not. He's just not going to. We're 26 years old. He's not going to all of a sudden develop a shot at age 30. Man, we got a couple comments here to go through. The King says Giannis was 5 for 5 before that miss on Wednesday. Papa Pick says, I agree. Giannis is the best the Bucks can do, but he isn't the top player in the league. He's not complete. Jimby says, like Metallica said, sad but true, Rowdy. Giannis needs Harden. Feel the tension. He's a guy. He needs a. He needs a really good number two that can shoot from the outside and make free throws when he draws uh, fouls. Feel the tension, and, folks. And hot take here. I don't think Giannis. I I like what kid did when it was earlier in Giannis's career, giving him the ball, being more of a point guard, having the ball in the hand. But as he continuously slams into defenders that are just waiting for him to do it, and and gets offensive fouls and or misses his free throws, I think Giannis is actually a better player when he's in the post. Because he's already well, yeah, there, he's, yeah, he's, he's obviously still long and lanky, and he can step around people. And they don't—they don't have the time to line up a picket fence of wall. <laughs> he's already in the post one on one, and you know he does those little turnarounds. Those are the type of jumpers okay. he makes okay. more consistently than like the elbow shots or out on the baseline. He's not a jump shooter. Rowdy is thinking last night his epiphany is not a good one, folks. You feel the tension building here. Set the bucks aren't going to win with Giannis. They just signed him to the Supermax contract five years, a quarter of a billion dollars. Rowdy says if he doesn't develop a, ch- a jumper, which we probably should have developed that by now, they're not going to win. As a Bucks fan my entire life, all I've been known is pain and suffering as a Milwaukee Bucks fan because they can never get over the hump. Rowdy, better shot. Giannis Adenokounmpo or the shot you took last night when you supped that Green Bay Packers beat reporter. I don't even know her name. Better shot. Giannis or you? Yours is still in midair. Giannis is already clanked out, I yeah, guess. Yeah, his already clanked out. Mine's still in the air. Put a lot of air under it. Rowdy, Rowdy gave a attractive reporter but, a sup. Has not responded yet, but I think she's blushing. But here's the thing. I think, just like Ethan Happ, if uh, we went on the free throw line, I think I could beat Giannis in free throws. Wow. The tension, folks. You could cut it with a knife. What will the Bucks do? Well, they just lost to the New York Knicks. That wasn't very good. And they're one and two. And oh, by the way, they lost to the Celtics game one. But you're thinking, oh, it's the Celtics. You know, they're a solid team in the East. They'll be competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't have Kemba Walker, who's one of their better players. And Celtics are one and two. So now they've lost to the Celtics, who are one and two, the Knicks, who are one and two, and them themselves are one and two. And I'm not sure if Golden State, I haven't followed it 100%, Woo! has a win yet. And that's their win. All right, Rowdy. There's a lot to digest there with your epiphany, which I thought it was going to be a good thing, like a positive thing, but I've known you for a long time now. I should have realized it was it was, it was was going to be something about the Bucks or someone losing. Well, sometimes the truth hurts. We'll see what happens. And that's something this world needs more of, the truth. <laughs> Speaking of trying times, my God, the Houston Texans are a complete and utter 
dumpster fire. There is a guy that we love on the Houston Texans roster. He goes by the name of J.J. Watt. I think we've heard of him, correct? Yeah, I think anyone that's ever somewhat rooted for the Badgers has heard of J.J. <laughs> Watt. I think we've all heard of J.J. Watt. I think, awesome the, story. I think the person that buys like the Badger Rose Bowl gear five years later and they're just fans of him whenever they win, Yes, they know who J.J. Watt is. Yes, J.J. Watt. Phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. A hell of a guy, does a lot of good. Also partners up with Badger Honor Flight, which is near and dear to our heart uh, here as well. And there was, you know, some rumblings out there that maybe the Packers, you know, by the trade deadline should have traded for J.J. Watt or bring him home after this season, let him be, you know, finish his career as a Green Bay Packer. Well, J.J. Watt, (laughs) after another Houston Texans just disaster, because, I mean, that's basically what that franchise is, is a disaster. They got beat by the Cincinnati Bengals 37-31. Houston Texans go to 4-11 on the year. Afterwards, J.J. Watt took to the media, and J.J. Watt was asked about playing in the NFL and playing you know, for the Houston Texans. J.J. Watt delivered what I would say is the most honest and open deliverance to media I have ever heard in my entire life. I've never heard an athlete be so open and be so honest than what J.J. Watt had to say. Nelson, before I play the clip from J.J. Watt, which is it a minute and 48 seconds long, and it is worth the entire minute 48. Everything he says is calculated and very well weighted. What J.J. Watt said, Nelson, before I play it, let me ask you, you listened to it because you sent it to me too. You're like, whoa. What did you think of what J.J. Watt had to say really quick? Well, first off, don't give it away. Just what did you think? Every single listener out there has played on a winning team and has played on a losing team. Nobody likes playing on a losing team. It's not fun. No one, no, exactly. No one likes cheering for a losing team either. It's even for those more, who haven't played. It's even more fun. Like even if you're in high school, to be on a winning team if you don't play as much. Yes. Than to be on a on a losing team and playing every single minute. Correct. Right? Correct. So losing sucks. And normally, when you interview these professional athletes, they have the talking points and they have what they have to say and and they have their PC answer mm-hmm. and it, and it's the typical answer. Where you really didn't even have to answer. Yeah, ask them it's like, the question why did I waste my time? You know to this. what the answer was. Exactly. It's like listening to Russell Wilson ever do any any type of interview. It's or you know insert anyone here. Yeah, Russell Wilson that's to why, Paul Chris to you know you name it. That's why it's been refreshing this year seeing Aaron Rodgers going on the Pat McAfee show where yes. Pat McAfee likes to keep it a little loose. Plus, it's AJ Hawk who's one of his buddies. Obviously, He's smoking a cigar, you know. So it's a little bit more relaxed, a little a little bit more casual where he can kind of kind of be it's, more of himself. It's casual, and, relaxed, but they're open and honest about who they are and you know what they actually think. As opposed to like you sit down with one of these journalists out there, these big J's, and it's like, well, we appreciate the opportunity to go out there and give it our all. We got to put, and, you know, our head on a swivel and do all the little things right. And then you look at what JJ Watt did and you're like, finally, you get to see a guy with actual emotion on how he actually feels about playing on a crappy team. Yes. And JJ Watt used to be, and he still kind of is. A cheese ball. Yes, where he was always the Russell Wilson saying all the talking points, you know, the cliches, yada, yada, yada. But it, I believe it was actually a bar stool with Big Cat and PFT where they just used to hound him. Oh, yeah, constantly. Everyone's right. like, dude, you're so cheesy. And then they, they finally kept poking the bear and poking the bear it's until like they finally got him on the podcast where they finally got him like, dude, we're doing this because it's funny. Yeah. 
and and we're joking around. Yeah. And he finally realized that and started joking around. Ever since that interview, I feel like that was two, maybe three years ago. Yeah, it was about three years ago. He's been a little bit, a little bit more open. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, not he, so he cliche. It. He's like, I'm not a big cheese ball anymore. Still a little bit in him because you got to appease his gigantic million dollar sponsors. But, but yes. But this was real. So here's JJ Watt after the game talking about playing in the NFL. And, you know, suiting up every Sunday to go play for the dumpster fire of an organization that is the Houston Texans, who now sit at 4-11. and 11. Take a listen. It's a minute long, minute 48 long, and it's worth every second of J.J. Watt. It's edited, too, so safe for you kids out there. Family-friendly show. Here is J.J. Watt. It's really good. If you can't come in and put work in in the building, go out to the practice field and work hard, do your lifts and do what you're supposed to do, you should not be here. This is a job. We are getting paid a whole lot of money. There are a lot of people that watch us and invest their time and their money into buying our jerseys and buying a whole bunch of And they care about it. They care every single week. We're in week 16 and we're 4 and 11. And there's fans that watch this game, that show up to the stadium, that put in time and energy and effort and care about this. So if you can't go out there and you can't work out, you can't show up on time, you can't practice, you can't want to go out there and win, you shouldn't be here. Because this is a privilege. It's the greatest job in the world. You get to go out and play a game. And if you can't care enough, even in week 17, even when you're trash, when you're 4-11, and 11, if you can't care enough to go out there and give everything you've got and try your hardest, that's bullshit. So that's how. I just, I think it's, that's, there are people every week that still tweet you, that still come up to you and say, hey, we're still rooting for you. We're still behind you. They have no reason whatsoever to. We stink. But they care. And they still want to win, and they still want you to be great. That's why. Those people aren't getting paid. We're getting paid handsomely. That's why. And that's... That's who I feel the most bad for is our fans and the people who care so deeply in this city and the people who love it and who truly want it to be great. And it's not. And that sucks as a player to know that we're not giving them what they deserve. That right there is the most open and honest I have ever heard a professional athlete talking about why they play the game, to basically apologize to the fan base, to say that they're trash, but J.J. Watt proclaiming, why are you even here if you're not putting on those pads and giving 110%? Why are you even here? If you aren't coming in every day to practice and lift and be at your best every single moment of every single day, I absolutely love what J.J. Watt just had to say. And that just doesn't go for a football field either. That should go for every walk of every life, especially what you do. If you are just a schlep sitting around in your house bitching and moaning about people who are actually out there doing something with their lives while you sit at home like a scared little kid, Look in the mirror, start within yourself first, and then once you fix your own problems, then maybe you can go out and criticize. But in the meantime, fix, clean your own house before you start judging others, as J.J. Watt's doing right there, and go out there and get it done. I love Bring him to Green Bay after that comment. That was fa- yeah, phenomenal. You saw, you saw a lot of tweets with people saying the same thing from uh, Wisconsin slash Green Bay media. And I think we kind of touched on it before the clip. I overall think J.J. Watt is a good guy, and he does mean well and does want to do well. He just earlier in his career and for much of his NFL career was just over the top. Like you said, like cheesy. 
Well, yeah, I mean, he's trying to get all that sponsorship money, which now it now, was it was over the top. Now it's like, well, haven't you seen that in the past like ten years? Is people have becoming more aware and awake to the fact that if you are a cheese ball, they don't want to they don't want to buy into what you're selling. If you're more open and honest, people, you know, gravitate towards you now. Look, like, at, look at Aaron Rodgers. Like five, Rodgers. like five years later, the the public finally realizes that you're a cheese ball, and it's all kind of a fake. It's just, act. A, just a fake act. But like, there were other people from the start that were like, "You seem like a good guy, but this is a little too much." Like, come on, let's be more, let's be real. Yes, exactly. Okay, not the bag on the guy, but. J.J. Watt, the most open and honest I've ever heard a professional athlete ever. Have you ever heard of anything like that in a press conference after a game? I mean, nothing that I can come up with Same. straight. I'm sure it's happened before. I, if, if it was that big, I think we would I'm have sure, remembered I'm it. I'm sure sports director Zach Heilprin would remember one, but he, he goes to all those. You know what I remember, though? I remember more of the cheeseballness. I hate, Rowdy, I know you love this clip. I'm going to bring it up. But you heard J.J. Watt talking about it, and now you hear this. Let's see here. Yes, Russell, the robot Russell, the one you guys love to know. I'm real, real exciting. You know, I'm real exciting. Um, but anyways, uh, everybody has to have an alter ego, right? And, and I've been thinking about what my alter ego would be, and I, I, I think I have an alter ego. His name, his name's Mr. 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 Unlimited. Yeah, you got to be unlimited. You know, you got to have a thought process of being unlimited. So when people ask you, you know, what you're thinking about or what you want to do in life or where you want to go, you got to be unlimited. Tell them I'm unlimited. You know what I mean? So when they ask you certain questions like, Who brings you motivation, Russell? Mr. Unlimited. All right, cut it. Unlimited. You know they sat if around. I, you know they sat around writing a script for that and like, all right, here's what we're gonna do. It's gonna be great. And then they release. You're like, oh, gag me, dude. You know how gag Russell. Me. You know how Russell Wilson played amazing out of his mind football the first eight weeks, and then he started having some regression where yeah. he's turned the football. Well, over. now he's Mr. Limited. If I was the Seattle GM and he was having some of those bad games, and I was having a really bad morning, and I turn on something and hear that. I would really consider trading his ass. I would be so annoyed. Well, that would never happen, but here's what I would do. Trade him to Green Bay to all of a sudden, for Jordan Love, to all of a sudden throw just the weird, (laughs) why would Green Bay do that to bring in Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, and then it completely throws the Packers off. Here's what I would do. I would, I'm sure you haven't seen the movie, but Clockwork Orange, they uh, they take these guys to recondition them, and they make their eyes stay open so they can't blink, and they just strap them down to a chair and force feed them uh, terrible like visions like you know on the television i would do that to russell wilson but have that mr unlimited video play on loop like dude this is this driving you crazy russ yes well that's what you're doing literally to everyone else that as fans of you in the nfl you are fake you are cheesy but my god you're a football good at football if i had to listen to that on loop i think i would yeah you go crazy you never want to do it again and it wouldn't take very long so jj watt just putting on the gauntlet of truth I loved it. And all you schleps out there that's sitting in your basement telling other people how to live their lives when you can't even live your own, start with yourself first. Don't be a loser.